Before we get started, I need to thank a new Patreon patron. Thank you, Matthew Purdy, for becoming a patron of the original cast. You have joined the best possible time, because if you're listening to this on the day of release, tomorrow, March 23rd, 2023, you can sign up and join our live stream recording of the original cast at the movies for March, here in the year of Barbara, we're talking about The Prince of Tides, and we're talking about it with Jenna Place and Carrie Ginsburg, and you're not going to want to miss it. It's been an absolute treat. We've already done The Mirror Has Two Faces and Hello, Dolly. Both those episodes are on the Patreon feed. Next, we're doing Prince of Tides. Then we have A Clear Day You Can See Forever. We have Nuts with today's guest, Rob Schneider. Uh, we'll be coming up in May. We're doing all the Barbara Streisand that we can do, except for the one where she drives around with Seth Rogen, because I'm not doing that one. Anyway, go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod. Become like Matthew Purdy. Join the revolution. The year of Barbara. It's not really a revolution. It's it's more of a year of Barbara. But anyway, join it. It's a lot of fun. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Go down there. Patreon.com slash originalcastpod. All right. Here's the show. Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on. Darlings, you. Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. He's been on my podcast. He's been on who, uh, What Is Love Actually and no other podcasts. It's Rob Schneider, everybody. Yes. Hi. I'm exclusive to you only, Patrick. To me. You sit and wait, right? Yes. I, I just, I literally just sit here and listen to the tonics and, you know, just wait for you to, to give me a call. And I still have a landline. Complete uh, discography of the tonics. Yes, exactly. The tonics. It's really one. Uh, yeah. It's really one disc. I still don't know who the hell they are. Although, wait, okay. I look, I looked the okay, I looked the woman up, and she's she's very impressive. She's a big songwriter. Oh, okay, that's yeah, good. She, yeah, we're definitely we're going to talk about the tonics. We're going to talk okay. about big hair, poofy sleeves, and whatever Liza Minnelli is wearing. And, and uh, but b- because you're here tonight to talk about Song Time, a celebration at Carnegie Hall from 1992. What is say, old friend, are you okay? Old friend, are we or are we unique? Time goes by, everything else keeps changing. You and I, we get continued next week. Most friends fade or they don't make the great new ones are. Quickly made and in a pinch, sure they'll do. But us, old friend, what's to discuss, old friend? Here's to us who's like us, ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> Written by David Thompson, choreographed by Susan Stroman, and directed by Scott Ellis. Yes, it is. Yes, we have this is and with vocal arrangements by uh, among Jason other Robert people. Brown. Oh, sorry, Jason yes, right? Robert Brown. Yes, that's exactly where I was going with that. And uh, I'm sorry, it, I, if if I'm if I'm jumping this too much, I can just I can just be like Bill no. Irwin and not speak. Well, there's no, <laughs> there is no, there is no jumping. I, I think there is. Th- th- this is. 
This is seminal for me. I don't, and I'm same. about to find oh, out. Same. Yeah. Okay. So that did you, did you, how did this come into your life? How did you first encounter oh, sometimes? So I, Carnegie Hall? Oh my gosh. I, I remember it so vividly. I, uh, okay. So I don't know if this is everywhere in the United States. I know that it was in California though. Did, did you have something called classic art showcase? It was a, it was like, it was, it would be a television station that like around 10 o'clock at night or so it stopped doing programming and just played classic clips of like symphonies and ballets and concerts um okay no we didn't we we had the local philadelphia pbs station that was oh okay this was like this was like a like a a local state anyway it was Mm -hmm. fantastic it was absolutely fantastic and for me it's how i got my introduction to the arts because they consistently showed and remember there was no youtube back then but one of the things they kept showing clips of was this from Sontag, the, the Carnegie Hall thing. The one they kept playing over and over and over again was A Weekend in the Country. Mm-hmm. That was that was oh, the big yeah. one. And honestly, this was my introduction to Stephen Sondheim because it would be up, I, I would be up late, like during the summertime and stuff when there was no school in the morning watching these things. So this is how I actually discovered Sondheim. This was my gateway into him. Yeah, it's the same for me. I, I was, I was, uh, I think I was because well, it aired about 30 years ago now, like as we're recording. Yeah. This, yeah. Um, March of 93. And this was on there were commercials for this on PBS for great performances around the clock when leading up to it, it was t- my intro. I was a burgeoning music theater kid. You know, that was this is when I was coming into my own in that arena. And this was just this was heaven. This opened my eyes to so many performers, some of whom I knew, some of whom I had never seen before and could now couldn't possibly live without. But it is also a such a wonderful panoply of Sondheim's career, because I remember the the number that absolutely blew me away, uh, where I really became a music theater fan, I think, was watching Patrick Cassidy and Victor Garber do ballad of booth and it was a real moment it's a cliche at this point but it's a real moment of saying like oh you can write a musical about that like we can this is something where you can do like i never even realized that was a that was an option and you know ran out and got the the assassin cd you know the next the next time i was up at rainbow records and it was just yeah i mean it was i was hooked from that point on out without without question um and then i watched the video <laughs> again <laughs> today uh twice in preparation for this because it still is absolutely breathtaking and brilliant and breathtaking incredible away. yeah uh but i was struck as i'm sure you were by just Jeannie the Lehman. sheer the Sorry. sheer early 90s of it all <laughs> oh, just, oh my gosh can it get any better it's I felt like so good go ahead oh no, I was so excited. I wanted to like use a calling card to call you and be like, hey, listen, <laughs> the 90s are back. The 10, 90s 10, 3, are 2, back. 10-10-3-2-1. Yeah, this is something. These it outfits, really is. this hair. First of all, everyone looks, everyone looks like a Karen. What, uh, yes. the, the, the lady who's Ann Agerman, I swear is Nikki Haley. Don't quote me on this. Now, people, don't quote me on this. But I will say I have never seen this actress and Nikki Haley in the same room in the at the same, same time. Yeah. 
She's bringing that. I mean, she would be in, if there had been a 90s uh, movie of the week about Nikki Haley, she would have played that part. There's no. Question. Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wait. So, OK, so, yes, we got the big hair. First of all, yep. Jeannie Lehman, who is the soprano in the Getting Married trio, is yes. literally wearing, I think, what our upholstery was on our sofa. I was going to say a pair, a pair of curtains. She's right. She's, she's, the woman is yeah. wearing, this is this is a Broadway actress. They were like, do you yes. have anything from home to bring? She didn't know she'd be wearing it. So she's like, hey, I brought my house curtains. And they're like, no, Gina, you're going to have to put that on now. So so actually, this is interesting. As someone who has directed Cabaret, which you have, one thing yeah. I was yeah. yeah, I was struck by was the inconsistent costuming. Because, folks, if you've not seen it, it's all on YouTube. You should absolutely watch it. You should get the album. The album has songs on it that are not in the broadcast, which is a shame. And where is my like director's cut of this so I can watch Michael Jeter do for him as God intended? But <laughs> the uh, uh, so like in that number in Getting Married Today, which Madeline Kahn sings beautifully, she's wearing a wedding dress. Uh, yes. Um. Oh man, what's his name from Ragtime? Is uh is the Mark J- Mark Jacoby right? Yeah. Yeah. Is is playing Paul? He's wearing a tux, which a lot of the guys are. It's it's a it's a formal event. And then, like you said. <laughs> woman playing sarah is wearing a floral pattern straight off your mom's comforter like it's just yes Yes. and like (laughs) this is my outfit i don't know where the inconsistency of costuming came from was there a costume designer listed or a costume consultant i I didn't notice one but that there there had to have been because the dancers are all dressed so there has to be so there has to be somebody most people are in formal wear most people are in gowns or like liza minnelli's in whatever that was and but it's still it's still very you know suits you know she she's on a troika tour of chicago or something is what yes. she's wearing <laughs> and but like she's in a so the the getting married today is costumed ballad of booth is semi-costumed yeah uh yeah Richard garber has that little uh tie the, the he's wearing the, the john wilkes booth tie uh and there's another moment I noticed where somebody was wearing, well, Bill Irwin's costumed, obviously, and Karen Ziemba in their oh, number, sure, but that sure, makes sure, sense. Sure. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, it was just weird that like there were some random costuming bits that they decided this number will be costumed, that one won't. I, I, f- I feel like that was probably something like the performer said. I mean, like I feel mm-hmm. like uh, Madeline Kahn was probably like, I'm going to do it, but I have to be in a wedding dress. So they're like, mm-hmm. great, we'll put you in a wedding dress. I'm, that's the only sure. thing I can think of. Then, yeah. like once the celebrity said they wanted something, that's then they gave it to them. Then they Liza gave it just, to them. Yeah. And they were Liza was like, I just don't want any fabric on my shoulders. Oh my gosh, Liza. I mean, first of all, she's great. She's fabulous. Fucking brilliant. This, she's Liza Minnelli. Yeah. And Billy Stritch is very much himself. And they yes. are <laughs> it's so funny looking back on this because at the time I first saw this, I did not know these songs really at all. I knew sure. The two songs from Dick Tracy, because I'd seen that movie. Um, and that really was it. I, I don't know that I'd ever heard any of these songs before. And now hearing them like with their some of the some of the more interesting arrangements that people put on these on these particular numbers. We'll start with uh, with Liza Minnelli singing Back in Business. Keep the status quo permanently so. 
Which is a very great Liza song, but then has uh-huh. this dance scat break in the middle provided to you by Billy Stritch. Yeah, back again like a boomerang. Let the a good time. You know, uh, it's once again, I think it's like she's Liza Minnelli. Who's going to say no to her? Sure. You well, know, and Billy so Stretch was like her arranger, right? Wasn't oh, that yeah. at the time? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it is whatever think... they wanted to do. Oh, yeah. You know, what yeah. What do you want to do? I want to do this. What are you going to tell her? No. Right. She, if she wants great. to scat, let her scat. Yeah. And the Why dance, she dance is great. She's dancing on the piano. I'm concerned. I yes. don't know how like soon after Betty Ford this all was. I don't know yeah. what's happening. I just want to make sure that she feels safe and that she's okay. Yeah, that's it. She, just I'm, like Mama used to do. Just like I can't even do a Liza Minnelli impression. I'm not even going to <laughs> well, neither can I, as you just heard. But uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> can someone get Robbie Rizell in here? He I know that's what we need. I mean, it's Carol trying... Channing without without the self confidence. Yes, that's Eliza Minnelli. So you oh, what to... a oh, that's a good note. You know what I mean? That? Yeah, that's a good note. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, absolutely. And she's a wonderful singer, and I think she's marvelous. Is that whose idea was it in the set list to be like, you know what song everyone loves? Green Finch and Linnet Bird. Green Finch and Linnet Bird, Nightingale, Blackbird, how is it you sing? Who can you jubilate sitting in cages, never taking wings? Outside the sky with just beyond the board. How can you remain staring at the rain, burdened by the stars? How is it you sing anything? How is it you sing? Boy, doesn't that one get your toe tapping? Oh, doesn't that? I mean, no offense to Harlan Blackwell, who's a brilliant singer. Oh, she's um, a gorgeous singer. Yeah. But like, but whose idea? I don't know. To be like, hey, you know what song everyone loves? Yeah. The the set list is is inconsistent at best, I would say. It, it, and it only gets more bizarre when you get the CD and you see. Oh, yes. Like Billy Stritch singing Anyone Can Whistle All By Himself. There's that little, like I mentioned, I mentioned Michael Jeter doing, he does Love I Hear, which is like of all the songs you want to hear Michael Jeter sing from forum none of them are love i hear uh, no no you know and they do it as a medley with waiting around for the girls upstairs and live alone and like it which is such an odd choice from dick tracy um all cut for the for the broadcast because the, the oh yeah the double I'm, I'm disc the set list yeah the double disc recording is about two hours of content and the the tv production is like a 85 minute that's a tight yeah tight production like um Waiting for the girl, waiting for the girls upstairs. That's yeah. that was in there. George yeah, Lee Andrews right. did that. Yeah, I mean, George Lee Andrews. Right. A um, lot of people got cut, and it, it, it water was under the bridge. Will 
Yeah, I know. She they debuted Water Under the Bridge at this concert. Sunny on Sunday, wake up Monday, overcast. Guess what's past? And it's water under the bridge, that's all just water under the bridge. Faded handwriting on the wall, just water under the bridge. And I don't even know if it's love or not It's just what we've got It's just hot And I like it a lot Now, I, I, I love, I love, I love Liza But, yeah. but, but The best version of this song Is Debbie Shapiro Grab it, oh. nay, grab it, nay, Shapiro Debbie Shapiro <laughs> I don't know what her name is now, but on the <laughs> on that Sondheim album. Sunny on Sunday, wake up Monday, overcast. Guess what's past? And it's water under the bridge, that's all. Just water under the bridge. Faded handwriting on the wall, just water under the bridge. And I don't even know if it's love or not. Just what we've got, it's just hot. And I like it a lot. It's the best. She's the best at it. So no 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 offense to Miss uh, No, and, and it's and it's funny on the recording because Liza introduces it as a new Stephen Sondheim song, which is only funny now to me thinking of like, you know, like ooh, the hits. Like we're gonna hear this like a new classic, and it's water under the bridge from that movie that never got made with Ross so Ryder. <laughs> what I wonder what that movie was even about. I don't know. Singing out loud was what it was supposed to be called. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Sondheim wrote like four or five, three or four songs for it, so it had a script, obviously, because he wouldn't start writing without it. But I don't know. know. It's yeah, it's very, very. They're not. I mean, none of the songs from that movie. You can hear them all on Sondheim at the movies, and none of them are that great. Water Under the Bridge is probably the best of the of the grouping. It's certainly the one people do like that that pops up every now and again. Uh, the movie, fun fact, was actually uh, rewritten and then released under a different title, which was called Tar. Bad, <laughs> Bad Grandpa. Ah, well, there you go. Tar. <laughs> I'm on a big tar kick right now. I yeah, yeah. Li- li- Lydia Tar is going to go and sing Water it's Under the Bridge. Go. Right, yeah. You know who should have played Lydia Tarr? Michael Jeter. I've always said that. <laughs> I don't know why that never happened. Was, that's the man's an Emmy Award winner. Like, come on, give him, give him the roles. Well, so the 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 purpose of this concert, I do want to say, like, what's what what I like about this concert and also the um the Scrabble concert, uh, the 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 which is also coming up in in an anniversary. It's uh, around this. Yes, time. the fiftieth. It's fiftieth anniversary. Yeah. Um, is that they are both benefit concerts. Uh, so they're the, I, I can't remember what the first one was a benefit for. It was muscular, not muscular dystrophy. That's Jerry Lewis, but it was, uh, oh, it was, um, hemophiliac. That was what it was. Hemophili- and, um, uh. this was a, re- this was a concert to raise money for the preservation of Carnegie hall. Um, and so yes. it is a, you know, big, big donors, big spender, all the stars, you know, have gone the stars. There are no stars in the sky because they're all in Carnegie hall this evening. And so it is beautiful. It, Thank you. It has a great energy about it, though, because of that, because everybody's just there to to do good work and sing good songs and everybody feels really, really good about themselves. And 
because of that, it starts with, I mean, this great, well, this is a great symphonic uh, suite of songs from Sweeney Todd, but then we get what is the best intro to any like live performance concert of this nature has ever been or will ever be. And that is Bill Irwin pretending to be the stage manager who has to come on and read Angela Lansbury's remarks because she couldn't make it. Good evening. My name is Angela Lansbury. (laughs) And that marvelous piece of music you just heard is a suite of songs from a sensational show that Steve wrote just for me. Sweeney Todd, hearing it again, what can I say? (laughs) What memories? And it is just, I mean, it's so incredible. It's absolutely an amazing, I mean, he's doing uh, probably Fool's Moon. What was that? Oh, yeah, Full Moon or something like that. Full Moon. He's doing at the time, I'm pretty sure. And so he just, you know, walks across town and there he goes. And he's just, you know, he's in his absolute prime at this point. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say that I'm. T- this is why this makes me happy. If you love the Tony Awards, mm-hmm. if you watch the 87 Tony Awards broadcast, they have him open it doing like one of his like something very similar to this. And it bombs like no one in the really? audience. Yep. And so the Tonys the next year double down and they're like, we're bringing them back. (laughs) You sons of bitches. Don't you tell us. We're right. You're wrong. How dare you? This man is the best. Um, And they had him do it again in 88 and bombed there as well. And so when when he comes out in this one, I remember like, oh, God, I was like, not again. Give it up. Uh, and he he made he was very brilliant in this one. Maybe oh, it's it the nerves of the yeah. award show. Maybe it's the mm-hmm. words that make people don't like it. Yeah, and it is. Everyone is very relaxed. Again, it's a benefit. Like we're all just having a good time. And he he is. I I mean the comedy with the it was the cable. Victor Garber was, was so relaxed. It was the first time he did anal. Can you imagine? <laughs> That's how relaxed he was. <laughs> well, he is. Canadian, but enough. You know. But enough about him and Paul Gemignani. <laughs> Back to the show, Patrick. Oh, there it is. <laughs> but it really, it kicks off the evening in a wonderful way. Like, it really gets everything started in the right right frame of mind, in the right time, and you're there to enjoy it. And watching this, I mean, there are some performances in here that are absolutely seminal. And I can't decide, but some are also seminal for all the wrong reasons, as you say. Like, late we have Greenfinch and Leonard Bird. Which kind of brings the brings the mood down a little bit, though it's a good tune. It's it's not like exactly what you're I don't think it's on no. anyone's Sondheim's greatest hit CD. It's not um, even on Sondheim's greatest hit CD. And it is one of those it's a character number. It's it's there for in the show. It makes a lot of sense. But uh but we're not gonna do that. We're gonna sing it here. But and along those same lines, I mean I don't know if I don't want to talk about the tonics quite yet. I don't know if I want to talk about Patty Lapone's being alive quite yet but uh i mean uh, let's, so let's start on the uh, like joyous positiveness because we go right from yes that yes to me- that we've mentioned it but really it, it bears underlining madeline khan 
and getting married today. Brilliant. The definitive Brilliant. performance of this song, I think, without, you know, not in, oh. not until Matt Doyle did it in the in the recent revival have I had so much fun watching Getting Married Today. So good. Oh, it's it's brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. No offense to anyone like, who's done it before, anyone who will do it after. There is something about her, her neurosis, the paranoia. It's more. I felt like the lady from Grand Hotel. It was the singing, the <laughs> dancing, the paranoia, yeah. the neurosis, the guilt of quitting timing. on the 20th century, the yeah. timing. <laughs> I love her. Uh <laughs> It's it, it is it is a brilliant it performance. Really is. It's a masterclass for that. Yeah. The, the 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 dropping of the flowers to the rhythm of the music. The she's so freaking good. I wish she had done more musicals. Oh yeah, and she was. Well, that's the the. But I mean, as I understand it, she she had a very was it because she did do on the twentieth century, right? That was the one. Yeah, but it didn't go well. It didn't go well, right? And and she especially wasn't. I mean, I know John McMartin has talked about how she was not treated well on that show. And yeah, yeah, I I think if I understand, based on what I've heard, is that mm-hmm. as brilliant as she was, consistency was not apparently the strongest mm-hmm. suit, and mm-hmm. so she wasn't able to replicate the performance as much, and so. And, yeah, and I think that was be hard. How, how Prince always said, and I, don't, I was like, I don't believe this. He always said, he goes, I thought I had cast Bernadette Peters is what he said. Like he legitimately huh. thought he had cast Bernadette Peters and it was and Madeline, Madeline Kahn who got hired up? by mistake. That's that's what he's always said. Hmm. I don't know. He's a this is how put the glasses on your eyes. Well, this also, is why we need you to read things. Don't put them on your head. What are you going to say? Use them so you can read what we're telling you. God but that, damn that, it. That, that kind of betrays a bad attention to detail, I think, in the curse of yes. the, like the show. Yes. Does, this the show isn't yes. going to go well if you're not paying that close attention to the cast yeah. list. I think. Maybe, <laughs> no, it's, who? Maybe. Yeah, okay, right. bring her in. Is that Bernadette yeah. Peters? No. Why is he? Why, why do you think that's Bernadette? I told you to get Bernadette Peters. Ruth, what did I say? <laughs> I said Bernadette Peters. <laughs> did I also, write it down? Tell her I wrote it down. <laughs> go down. Go down and right. get us some more kimonos. Pacific right. Overtures is running out. <laughs> I told you for the last time I saw her in that movie, Blazing Saddles. It was Bernadette Peters and Steve Martin in Blazing Saddles, and she was great. I'm, I'm not, not a stupid, jerk. Ruth. Right. <laughs> I don't know Easy, why he's get so me a angry in my version. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot funnier if he's angry. Hell, Prince is pretty. You know, you don't see you know that. You know he got flamingly angry at people, like, but you oh, never saw it. Of course, of course. But in the no. no, in the documentaries, oh, Steve and I were best friends. Meanwhile, just yelling his growth. So, I mean, yeah, it is. It, I mean, that alone to me is worth the price of admission. That and Dorothy Loudon oh, doing yes. losing my mind. You could drive a person crazy all afternoon doing every little chore. The thought of you stays bright. I stand in the middle of the floor, not going left, not going right, not going left, not going right, and I could understand a person if he wasn't put in bed. I could understand a person if he actually was dead. <laughs> yeah, exclusive you, exclusive you. Can any person ever get the juice off you? You're crazy. You're a lovely person, 
losing, losing implies Dorothy that you still have it somewhere. Oh, you have lost it, Miss Loudon. She is dangerously off the beat at moments, which is oh, so she's... perfect for that performance. She's like, she's so, she she's just not quite there some of the time, he, and it's great. No. I mean, it's thrilling to watch. But man, I bet Paul Giamignani's like, all right, here we go. Like, we'll see if we get there. We'll all meet up at the end, I guess. <laughs> there is no performer today, in my opinion that does what she does which mm. is she takes no prisoners is so self-deprecating is so self-aware and it's it doesn't feel it doesn't feel scripted if that makes sense it, it sure. feels so organic um have you ever listened to any of her like cabaret acts no i have not fabulous they're, they're they yeah. were recorded like in the 60s they still are brilliant today I don't know. I wish there was a performer as fun and as visceral as her. Maybe Jackie Hoffman. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think. Well, Jackie Hoffman certainly has the right energy, but I don't I, know if she's like, like there's a manic out of control nature yes. with Dorothy Loudon at all times. Well, that is just so wonderful. It's still my favorite. The Tony Award. OK, well, first of all, mm-hmm. anytime she does something easy street, bigger yeah. than life, it's amazing. Sure. Uh, and then she does. um Oh, 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 vodka. You've seen that from the Tony Awards where she sings vodka? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. She's yes, like, yes, I'm yes. too good. Yeah, yeah. I'm too good for this room. I'm too good for this song. Uh, like, <laughs> or when she sings Broadway Baby at the Tony Awards and she's like, yes. but you didn't know what you have when you wrote this one, Steve. Obviously, they got along very well. They seem to have liked each other. She was the yeah. next Mrs. Lovett after Angela Lansbury. Right. So I don't, I think he probably got a kick out of the fact that she maybe wasn't the most yeah. musically accurate, but uh, a good time girl nonetheless. But I think, I think that he he's talked about in, in some of your know, interviews and books and things where it's it like Elaine stretch, isn't going to hit it exactly how we wrote it, but it doesn't matter. The, the attitude kind of carries you through it. And, you know, if you're acting it well enough, then who cares? It it all works perfectly well. She seems like the kind of person who could make fun of everybody and everybody be okay with it. Like it just it's absolutely just her, her general attitude is like, oh, great. Dor-. Yeah. It's almost an honor to be like, oh, Dorothy Lawton took the, took the piss out of me. That was so great. Like, absolutely. Know, to get, and yeah, it, if you're interested, the <laughs> New York Public Library for the Performing Arts took her entire archive of stuff that she donated like her scrapbooks and her her scripts and stuff like that and it's all been scanned so that entire collection from her life is all available on the new york public library website um and it's fun just to like cycle through and see you know letters and correspondence and stuff that she had i don't know it's just interesting i think she was a brilliant performer didn't get her due so i mean there's so much to love in this like i say you can tune in for Karen Ziemba doing sooner or later, which 13 oh, year old so me just thought was the best thing in the world. I'll be entirely honest. 13 year old uh, me was like, what a fabulous dress. <laughs> so, good for us. But let's talk about some of the stuff that we love for other reasons, maybe. Which <laughs> oh, oh, sure. Where do you want to begin? Well, so I would like to get your opinion on uh, being alive. Make me
Patty Lapone. Patty Lapone's be- being alive. Yeah, which I really, yeah. See, I really don't care for it. I, I what don't, don't you like know. about it? I think so. When I first watched this, I had no real opinion about. it. I knew who Patty Lapone was from um, what's that show called? Life Goes On. And, oh yeah. Uh, you know, I knew her as a as as a personality, and so was excited to see her come out. But I think it's I really had no opinion about it. I think my biggest problem is the arrangement and the fact that we start with the second half of the song. Oh, so she kind of okay. She has to come in. They don't give her any build. She kind of comes in on the heels, uh, you know, of the previous number and leaps right into the love part of the song, and it 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 just feels kind of flat to me. Ultimately, I, I don't know, think she's done any service by the arrangement. Is it? Was this on the recording as well? It is, mm-hmm. right? It's earlier the on the recording. Yeah, it's on the album. So, so uh, it, it's really yeah. weird. The, I don't know whether the album... I would imagine the album is is the concert order. Yeah. But the TV yeah. show moves things around. Because on the album, this comes after Getting Married Today, and then there's the little medley, and then Richard Munoz sings Someone Is Waiting... And then they have a Barcelona mm. instrumental, and then she sings "Being Alive." On the album, it reads a little bit more yeah. like it's part of a suite of company songs, which is what yes. it is. Yeah. In the television production, she just kind of jumps out. It's late. It it it's like after sooner or later. So I don't know exactly where it comes. It comes very late in the broadcast. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's my problem with it is that it's excised from this larger piece of music and thrown on its own, so it doesn't stand quite as clean that might be my and problem the, with it and in the middle of something that's this is not a middle song this is yeah this is, this is hmm. the finale yeah so it's such an odd yeah uh so that's not not my like it's just it's a skip track for me when i'm watching the video i kind of pop yeah over yeah that. yeah um and uh but but <laughs> oh no the thing, oh no the thing the thing we all came to talk about uh Yes. When we talk about the 90s, really, I mean, Rob, you remember it was the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Manhattan transfer had set the world on fire. And ah, everybody yes, thought, who who is going to step up and stand like take their, you know, it, it's like the boy band revolution of the late 90s. The early 90s had the the mixed gendered uh, jazz vocal group. And yeah. there are so many great you know backstreet boy basically it was like you know you had backstreet boys and in sync in the late 90s you had manhattan transfer <laughs> i can't even say with a straight face and the tonics i guess yes, ladies and gentlemen the tonics they're <laughs> the back tonics. And they're uh, here. I, just... I don't even think they're back <laughs> they're here <laughs> don't bother Just so you're aware, friends, uh, I looked at uh, for the tonics on Facebook today, and their last post was in 2013. 
So I hope the tonics are doing well. They're just so busy on the road, they don't have time to post. Oh, man. I never want to be mean. But at the same time, I don't know what the hell is going on here. This is I like... don't know what they're wearing. Oh, I don't know man. what they're singing. I don't know why well, Jason Robert Brown is playing for them. Well, so that's this. This is one of those things where when I saw this in the original broadcast, I was mystified by it because I did not know Merrily. I didn't know the song. And then these these people come out and they sing this like very starlight jazz vocal version. And I was just I don't really want to listen to this, you know, and I would just skip it for years. And I remember watching this with a friend of mine who knew Merrily very well and like the the title comes up on the screen and i start to fast forward he's like oh no leave it i love this song i was like oh okay and i back it up okay and we listened to it for like 45 seconds and he went what is this it's a genius <laughs> it's that's what it is it's ahead of its time it's ahead of its time so here we have jason robert brown for reasons passing understanding I and mean, this is five years before songs for a new world he is i mean who is he at this point in 92 who like he's, he's the guy that plays for the tonics and friends he's the one jason Robert is the one standing next to the tonic who is wearing an outfit i don't understand it's like a black vest with crayola crayon on it um it, he's this got is kind very of 90s. a goatee it is this is apex got, 90s yeah yes oh yeah if somebody said what was the 90s, you would give them this photo, right? Oh, yeah, so what else absolutely. Oh, what a nice overhead shot of a young JRB giving yeah. you Billy Reese vibes. This is lovely. Yes, they are big. Yeah. They all look, look at this. They all look absolutely fantastic and happy. Wow. <laughs> Good for the tonics. The it tonics is... then broke up that night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They got together that morning and broke up that night. Did you did you ever see VH1's behind the music on the tonics? Yeah, it was it was a commercial, right? Wasn't that it was it? a commercial? It was, it was three seconds long. Being incredibly mean to the tonics, and I I don't know if I don't no, know if I can I'm stop. Sure. But uh, <laughs> well, because the problem is, I also looked them up, and I think there's two bands called the Tonics. Um, okay, there's the vocal group, and then there's like a '80s punk band called the Tonics. Or maybe oh that no, they're, sorry. okay that makes sense yeah or like a sixties uh actually never mind they're a sixties like uh surf band called the Tonics so very different styles um the Tonics uh, yeah I mean you know it it is a genre of music that I I don't I don't jump around about frankly uh and I you don't, lie you love I, it I don't know how the, I do have a Manhattan Transfer LP uh, in my collection I will say their their eponymous debut all right um, all right. But I don't know how they got here. I don't know why. Like, I don't really know who thought that was. Was this Scott Ellis's idea? Who put these guys on stage? That's what I don't I, understand. There's no history on the. To- how many fucking Beatles books do we need? There's no yeah. books on the tonics. You know what I mean? A this leaflet. Is the be- Give me something. Le- anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> I Wait, what is this? Tonic official site. Hold on. I think. Nope. Uh-oh. This is not nope. it. This is not it. Don't this know is what the hair products. This is uh, these. You keep talking. I'm going to keep looking for these people. It it is it it is a really. Uh, I mean, it's it's really what what's so funny about this, pre- as 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 it's being presented on television, is that one of those great things about these concerts is that everybody gets equal 
billing when they come out. So, you know, they 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 don't have a beginning pre-roll that shows all the singers. They have a beginning pre-roll that shows you Sondheim and all his shows. And it's a really great, again, like 13-year-old me was just loving all these posters and this, you know, iconography and these pictures and like all this stuff. And there's Angela Lansbury twice. Like, really, you know, that just absolutely blew my mind. And then to have these guys come out in their, in their you know, dark suits, multicolored vests, very, not like, very, very 90s is, again, it, it just felt incongruous. I didn't quite understand what – and I assumed – as as thirteen year old me assumed, oh, they must be famous, and I just don't know who they are because I'd already seen a number of performers and I didn't know who they were, but they sure, were very good. Sure. So I assumed, oh, these must be people, and then they're they're not. They're 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 you know they're aliens. It wasn't, it wasn't even like they were a big hit, like they had a huge hit in '93, and that's how they snuck no. on. Like they're just you know. I so I've done I have done some research here. Okay, and and this is what I have found out. Uh, this is from Broadway World from like 2003. That's, Ooh, that's okay. oh no, sorry. Yeah, no, wait, 2006. Someone said okay. um, the question was what? Who were the tonics? So this is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Lane Green was one of the tonics, and he was a Tony nominee for Star Mites. Yes, he um, was. Oh my gosh, yes. I know that name. And then, okay. Then this is from one of the actual members of the tonics. This is from his MySpace page. Quote. One night while singing at a club, I met fellow singers Gene Reed, Brian Lane Green, and Lindy Robbins. They cl- we clicked immediately and formed a pop jo- jazz vocal group, The Tonics. We went to New York for what was meant to be a six week visit, and it lasted six years. Um, wow! It won the many and it, uh, blah, blah blah. It led them to Carnegie Hall, where they sang in a tribute to Stephen Sondheim. So it seems like this is the biggest thing they ever did. So that well, okay, but well, that also explains the Broadway connection a little bit. If Brian Lane yeah. Green. Who is the guy with the curly hair? It seems comparing photographs here. Um, no. He's not the guy wearing the crayon suit. I think he's the guy. No, the no, no, no. No, is he the? Am I right? I think I'm right. Um, oh wait! Oh hold on! There's another thing here on the tonic. Sorry, this woman named Alan Leslie, who's in California. She says my husband and I saw them on an RSVP cruise in mid February 1996. We loved them. I've just finished dubbing off to a DVD homemade videotape of that cruise, which includes a couple of their song performances. Huh, how cool is that? I mean, well, that's not, I mean, it, it you know. Ooh, ooh, I'm ooh. sorry. Uh-oh. Yeah, the, la- the, the last comment. The story evolves. The last comment. Last comment on here. I know I always skip that song because the Tonics' harmonies are like nails on a chalkboard to me. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Shit. well, but see, Yikes, I would I'm disagree sorry. with that. I wouldn't say Same. they're like nails on a chalkboard, but they're they're almost too blended. It's the other problem. Like the the arrangement pushes the song into nothing because it's not much of a song on purpose. It's written yes. to be a very early nascent song. It's yes. an incredibly simple song, and has a very simple piano structure to it. And the minute you try to put Jason Robert, like you try to put King of the World on top of this, it just can't support it. It's just not a great arrangement, I don't think. Like it, and it it's, collapses underneath yeah, the weight of the tonics. The, right. <laughs> I no, think it actually collapses right. on top of the tonics. I think that's all. <laughs> I'm sure the tonics are all lovely people. I'm sure they are. Yes. No, they're really well. And Brian Lane Green, I mean, has we've talked about Star Mites on this podcast before. Like, I think he's great. So that's oh yeah. And I told you, know. you the woman she wrote for Jason Derulo. And yeah. I think she wrote a I think she wrote a Demi Lovato song as well. So like they're, there we they're go. obviously 
Yeah, they're very talented people. They're it's doing just, fine. Yeah, it's just yeah. It, in the in the tone of this evening, it is yes. just very bizarre. Yes, because because everyone because everyone you're introducing like there's Liza Minnelli and there's Patty Lapone and now the tonics like how did yeah. they get in there is really the question. Yeah, and they're they're good, but it's not it's not great. It's not yeah. like do a do a scat version of the Follies Overture. Like do something like that and 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 impress me. But yeah, what what song could they have sung like this that would have made? I mean, you know what? Actually, if they had done like "No One Is Alone," they could have done like, "No One Is Alone." Yeah, something in that they could have in done that variety. Yeah, uh, ch- children will. Li- they could have done children will. They listen. could have done children will um, listen. Actually, I would not have been like if they didn't. Uh, uh, oh, uh, either Joanna. Or uh, oh god uh, oh my god from Little Night Music Send in the Clowns they could have done a Send in the Clowns yeah I think it's too big of a hit I mean you, you kind of I mean they could have it would have been that's true it, yeah it would have been better than this song I, I think it's it's largely a song selection and arrangement of said song that is ultimately sinking them it's not doing them any favors Again, it's, like you're it's, not it's you, not helping yeah, they're in the wrong they're in the wrong place they they need they need something that is naturally more I think somber or at least more down tempo or you know yes. in that variety. yeah and so, also you know. it's if i hate to say that the the arrangement to me doesn't sound like sondheim and it's an evening yeah. celebrating him so i think that also feels a little jarring to me but what do i know would have loved to know what he thought about this but uh you know <laughs> lost lost to time that is uh yeah i mean it is really a it's a great it's a great moment for the for the oddness of it. It, it is really what it is. But it is it is definitely and a it's skip. a 90s time capsule. And it is cool to it see is. Jason Robert Brown, uh, you know. Oh, hey, yeah. And, and it, you can go anywhere you want. Just keep dreaming big like Jason did. And he's so clearly what I love about it in the video and how prominent he is, is how clearly he's himself at yes. this point. Yes. Like he is. There is not he is not shy. He is conducting with great fervor. He's playing the hell out of that piano. He's doing it all day, and he's thrilled to be there. And that's that's infectious, that kind of energy. I like that. And what more that could you want? Nice. Yeah. I could have Betty Buckley sing Children Will Listen. I mean, we could do that. You know, that's something oh, we could. Yeah. Yes. With the boys' that, choir of Harlem. <laughs> that diction is impeccable. I was like, they told them. They said Sondheim is going to be here. I got every D, every T. Oh, I love when they put when they when all they collide they collide together and it's Betty Buckley and the Harlem Boys. Yes, I love Children will listen. 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 All the things you
is there it. a whiter woman in the building? I don't think so. We're going to stick her with the boys. No, no. I was like, this is G. What I want to be like, which queen came up with this? Oh, it's which a good queen idea. was just like, I have an idea. Like, what is it? <laughs> what if we put Betty Buckley with the Harlem Boys Choir? <laughs> it was oh. Alan Carr. It had to be Alan, Alan Carr. Who's <laughs> <laughs> backstage I, in his uh, caftan, just ready to go. I have an idea. Boys, <laughs> underneath the caftan, let's go. <laughs> oh, 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 dear. Oh, I'm going no. st- to sit on your shoulders <laughs> and off we go. Oh, look, Ride I'm tall. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the producer of the Academy Awards, Mr. Alan right. Carr. <laughs> From man, the, man, the man who brought you Grease 2. And, 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 and can't, and stop, can't the stop the music. Right. Seminal God, What a good film. I'm so You introduced oh, me to that. I, I had no did, idea that yes. film even existed. Yeah. It was fabulous. Oh, it's the best. Oh, it's the absolute best. I love sharing that movie with people. So then we do get into the like more. Now we're getting our star. We have Betty Buckley. Now we're getting our stars coming out because we also get in quick succession on the video. It seems to be more spread out in the live recording. We have Bernadette Peters. Not a day goes by. But you're still somehow part of my life. And you won't go away So there's hell to pay And until I die I'll die day after day after day after day after day after day after day Uh, Glenn Close doing Send in the Clowns. Just when I'd stopped opening doors, finally knowing the one that I wanted was yours, making my entrance again with my usual flair, sure of my line. No one is there I, If I re- remember at that time There was this big rumor that she was going to star in a revival Of A Little Night Music Glenn Close oh, okay. and, that was, and that was supposed to be like the little sampling of her doing it What What is our Well first of all it should be said like So 92 Send in the Clowns is Sondheim's song. It's joked about yes. at the beginning with Bill Irwin. There uh-huh. really had to be a lot of like, who's going to sing Send in the Clowns? So oh, that is absolutely. A, absolutely. Yeah. Had to be absolutely. quite a coup for Glenn Close to get that, get that contract. Because all I of am them, sh- I'm sure, wanted it. Yeah. I am sure there's a very specific reason. Um, what, was, what was Glenn Close's early 90s Broadway presence what was her uh, she had uh this was 92 she had just done a play called death in the maiden with oh uh, sure okay with gene hackman and um richard dreyfus was directed by mike nichols uh it wasn't a successful play but she did it then uh i think she she probably i think she did a couple of movies and then it was sunset boulevard oh that's true sunset boulevard is right around the corner 
Yeah. So there wasn't put a, that together. Yeah. yeah there was okay. not a not a huge gap. I do also know at this time, and I wish something would have come of it, that she and Meryl Streep wanted to do a play together. And I think mm. they they were trying to get it done at the National Theater at the time. And for some reason, mm-hmm. it didn't like take off. There was a discussion that they would have done a stage adaptation of whatever happened to Baby Jane. Uh, but I know that Ooh. they were trying to do something together at that time. Because she hadn't done. I'm sort of looking at her theater credits real fast. I guess she, okay, she was Barnum. That's true. Okay. So she was in she Barnum. Was the, yeah, in she 80. Was, yeah. She was the wife in Barnum. She had done. And the real thing on Broadway, uh, which was a big success right. for her. And then right, right after that was Fatal Attraction. Yes. And that really, I mean, she had done World According to Garp and all that stuff, but Fatal Attraction catapulted her. Catapulted yeah. her. And then she hosted oh, yeah. the Tonys for a few years. I mean, at this oh, point, did she really? I think probably oh, still wow. today when you look at this, this list of performers, she's the biggest name. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I'd say she's oh, the biggest yeah. name. She's the biggest, yeah. The the household name that that's there. Yeah. That, so I, 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 mean, it was her, I yeah. It's like Glenn yeah. Close, Liza Minnelli, and then you know probably Bernadette Peters and, and yeah. Probably. And yeah, I don't think Glenn Close wanted. I mean, I mean, I don't think Liza Minnelli wanted to sing "Send in the Clowns." You know, so I think this was an easy one. Yeah, I don't think she would have been fighting for that either. It is so, and it's funny because you get like you're right when you look at her film credits. He goes, you know, she's doing small parts, and she's in the Natural. She's really good in that. She's in the Big Chill. That's on. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Of but then all of a sudden it's fatal attraction, dangerous liaisons, reversal of fortune, yeah. Hamlet. You know, like she's just suddenly she's a star and which is how I knew her. So when she showed up in the when I first watched this to sing Send in the Clowns, which was a song I did not know, it was a real like, oh, wow, Glenn Close is like in this like that is a pretty that's a pretty big deal. Uh, I I feel like at this time she was really reexamining her, uh, you know, I. Uh, how viable was a theater career for her at this point mm-hmm. because you know and this is so, have you ever seen the documentary searching for deborah winger yes yeah which i love about middle age what happens mm-hmm. yeah and i yeah. feel like it's a little bit of that which is maybe there was a sense of i don't know what my next role is going to be i'm getting to a certain age so let me go reinvest back in theater so i feel like this is a nice reminder to the industry hey i'm i can do stage and oh yeah by the way i sing as well well and then like we say she goes I mean, it's it's so funny also that Patty Lapone is on this stage with her because like in in yes. a very short period of time, she's gonna replace Patty in Los Angeles. Ooh, and mortal we're on our yeah, and we're on our way. Like it's a real right, you know, right before everything I, breaks to I, hell. I heard they recently made up. Although I don't know if there was ever really a problem between the two of them per se. I never but... heard I never heard in any of the interviews patty ever badmouth no. anyone except andrew lloyd weber that seemed to be yes. all of her ire yes. seemed to be pointed squarely at him yeah which i, I mean, think is the right place to focus your anchors <laughs> yeah i mean you can't you can't blame an actress for taking work because if glenn close is like i'm turning it down someone else right. is gonna take it someone's you gonna know? do it yeah exactly someone's right. gonna do it so why be angry at her and yeah. it made sense she was a movie star Sure. And I think it and, and that actually speaks to us. It's it's interesting how that speaks to like an early 90s shift, because I feel like in the 70s, the feud would have been between the actors. It would have 100 percent been. Oh, she yes. took my part, you know, and it would have been very public and very like we don't sit together like a very intense. And Patty LuPone very cleverly was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, Glenn's Glenn. And that's fine. Yeah, no, I'm going. And the guy yeah. who like actually did it, like the guy who, you know, it was he was a producer on the show. It was his decision. 
he did not handle it correctly. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody thinks he handled it right. So no, yeah. it's 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 not it, the whole thing was handled very poorly, and yes. she would have been a brilliant Norma Desmond on Broadway. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really like. I I don't know. I I don't, I don't know what the problem is. But I think Glenn, you know Glenn was great, and actually Betty Buckley was who I saw do um, Sunset Boulevard on Broadway. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. I saw it. Okay. Yeah. So they're all there. See, they're like I say. So when did you, after you saw this, or at least saw the, the clips from it all the time, oh, yeah. how did you say this was your introduction to Sondheim? Where did yes. you go? Because I say I went right the, for oh. Assassins and Company. Those were the two shows that I like grabbed. Uh, right uh, Follies and a little night music, I think. No, no, Follies and Sweeney. Because mm. at, the lo- at the local video store, they had Sweeney with uh, Angela Lansbury, obviously. Sure. And they had the Follies documentary oh follies in concert yeah 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. okay and and so that to me that that's where i went that's where i went so where were you in your like journey to 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 where you are and as a director perform you know where you are now as like in your development when you started grabbing those oh oh foundational absolutely Mm -hmm. foundational absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah it it was the basis of everything and it's interesting like when i direct something now if i direct a cabaret or a concert this this concert is always going to be in my mind mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. this this is always going to be there as oh okay you know you could do this you could do that oh it's kind of fun to like think outside the box like you know the fact that it's daisy egan singing um yeah uh, a broadway yes. baby broadway baby yes so yeah this was this was very formative very formative for me mm. um i can't uh, yeah, this the Follies and Con- it was on VHS. Yeah, this the Follies and Concert mm-hmm. uh, documentary, and um, uh, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd was also on Bravo a lot. I remember. Yes, it was Sweeney yeah. Todd was on Bravo a lot. Yeah, Sweeney Todd yeah. and Into the Woods and and uh, yeah. Sunday in the Park uh, with Sunday. George. We're not. Yeah, we're on. I think Sweeney was on the most for some reason, but the other two yeah. were on as well on Bravo back when Bravo didn't have commercials. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. God bless, like God bless my mom and my dad. Like if I wasn't around to watch something that was like theatrically related on one of these TV uh, TV stations, mm-hmm. they'd always film it for me. So that way, like when I, when oh, I got wow. home, I, I had a, so I also had this very like large VHS collection of mm-hmm. some of these things, but for me, and, and also, you know, when you, when you start your love of musical theater and the first thing you are introduced to is Stephen Sondheim, it's mm-hmm. a pretty tough bar to have, yeah. you know, to, to, to set for like what you love in this world uh, yeah. or what you love in this particular business. So, and I'm happy that I have that. I'm happy that mm-hmm. this was my foundation to be like, this is the best you could possibly do it. So keep keep that as your as your bar. And it was really I mean, not knowing who Sondheim was at all mm. when I when I watched this. But like I say, it is a, the other one of the reasons like I assumed the tonics was a was a band is because yes. we were at Carnegie Hall and I knew what that was. Yes. And so if we're going to have a like two hour PBS special dedicated to this guy's music, he's probably a pretty big deal and then the songs are really good on top of all that so you're you're it's a really great great intro and again i've talked about this before but one of the things this does so beautifully is the iconography the identifying each song with the poster in the little in the corner to tell you where it's from so i knew what cds to look for in the store i knew exactly what it looked like and i was intrigued 
buy those things. I wanted to know what company was about because the title was so incongruous and the icon, the yes. poster was so beautiful. Like, what is this show about? You yeah. know, it's get me, get me in there. So good. No, I, I agree with you. And and whoever decided to do that, I think is such a brilliant, brilliant person because you're right. We then use that as a, you know, how do we track this down? Mm-hmm. How do we find this? And I might not know the title, but I know what that image looks like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then it just it just sort of I think for both of us sort of manifested itself from there. But this mm-hmm. this this when when you were asking which which one of these pieces I wanted to talk about this one, I'm I'm so happy I was able to pick this one because it really did mean a lot. It really mm-hmm. meant a lot uh, to me because it was foundational. So, I mean, I now I will be honest with you, like between this and you know the Sondheim birthday concert at Lincoln Center, I prefer that one over this one. Mm, okay. Um, you know the one with um like the five the red the red dresses yeah mm-hmm. yeah that one. i prefer that over this one if i if i had oh, to really? watch one what what is it about that you prefer i think it's it's actually to me it feels more encompassing because it also is including his lesser known shows mm-hmm. it's also including shows that he just wrote the lyrics for um there's a spirit of joy about this is very formal i feel like the 92 one is yes. very formal Oh yes. It's I come out, I sing, I leave. The the other one there's a and I, I think it's probably cuz Lonnie directed it. There's a lightness mm-hmm. to it and a brightness yes. to it which keeps it bouncy and fun. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know, I prefer and of course, I mean, come on. The the red dresses when each of them you, you're sitting there in the semicircle and it's Patty and Marin Maisie and you know what I mean like yeah. how do how do you get better than that? Yeah. Like how does it so- get better than that? There's some great reunions in that concert. I mean, you have the oh, Chip Zion yes. and yeah, and Joanna Gleason Chip and doing Joanna it too. And yeah, like Mandy yes. Patinkin and Bernadette. Yeah, I mean John McMartin singing "The Road You Didn't Take." Yeah, um, that's you know, true. It, it's, it's so for me. For me, what I kind of love is you, you sit there going, "Oh my gosh, look who they got! Oh my gosh, look who's doing! The, oh my gosh, Patty's going to sing "Ladies Who Lunch." Mm-hmm. As opposed to this one from the '90s, which, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way, it just feels predictable. Like, sure. you know, you know, of course, Bernadette Peters is going to sing not a day goes by, Um, right. you know, of, of I don't know. So so for me, it, it it just sort of feels like there's no surprise to it. Um, sure. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with what that. they're going for. I mean, like I said, this is going a benefit for. concert. This is, you know, yeah. it it's it's very it's very safe. And, yeah. and it is, which is the great. tone. Yeah. And mm-hmm. but there's a euphoria to me about the the one the birthday 80th birthday concert, mm-hmm. the one that Lonnie did at Lincoln Center. There's something there's something about it that just makes you go, oh, that's right. This feels mm-hmm. right. And mm-hmm. of course, I, I there's no video of it that I know of, but the Scrabble album, uh, right? Th- that right. also I think was done very well. Of course, at that point he had only, you know, Sweeney wasn't there. Into the wood, all these other shows weren't there yet. But it was still a pretty special event, I would say. I mean, what a what a wonderful world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that he created and the fact that he could be celebrated. And like you said, I didn't even think of that, but this is really his last, his second to last hurrah because Passion's coming out. And then you're like you right. said, that's about it for him. Um, mm-hmm. So the fact that he was able to be there, the fact that he was able to give a couple of remarks, obviously he must have had approval yeah. over all of these performers and singers. And so oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. uh, so it's nice to know that for him it was curated. 
I don't know, honestly. I can't remember if Lonnie told me. I can't remember if he knew who all was going to be performing what at his 80th birthday party. I don't think he did. I think that was part of the bit was that he didn't know yes. everybody. Yeah, he didn't know everything yes. that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was part of the the fun of that evening. He looks was... genuinely surprised yeah, throughout the he evening. Does. I mean, when at the Sunday number, I mean, at the end when, oh, yeah, uh, you know, I know they're doing something a little similar here on the, in this Sondheim one, but the fact that, you know, they're coming from the aisles, they're coming from all over. I mean, it's just this, this wall of sound. I can't even imagine. Can you imagine sitting, no. being him sitting in the center of this and oh, going, man. look, look at what my, my life is? Yeah. It's, it's, it's well, and it's, it's already like, see, which is so funny about how I've changed in the last 30 years, how that Sunday when I first saw it, like it didn't really mean anything to me. I didn't know the show. I thought it was a f perfectly gorgeous number, but there were so many other things that I'd enjoyed more, Um, you know, it, whatever. Like I thought it was fine. And now listening to that group sing Sunday makes me cry. I mean, it just yeah. absolutely blows me over and then like you said yeah the 80th birthday production performance i mean forget about it i'm a, I'm a puddle on the floor oh it's, it's so it's, good yeah it's so remarkable do you, do you know who sang the best version of sunday ever no who's it the tonics <laughs> i should have known because you picked up your drink to, to take a swing that you were going to hit me with another time i i i, I, <laughs> I saw the tonics I, I, in 91 I saw sure. the tonics <laughs> in 92. They were all working at Alain Stardust Diner. I was just, you know, I think it was really when they just come off the national tour of Star Mites. I was sitting and in Joe's pub and I was there for the debut and finale of the tonics. What a night of music. What a story. What a week. <laughs> what? It was like Woodstock on Restaurant Row. You couldn't believe it. Not a dry eye in the house. There was so much smoke in the room. It was really terrible. You couldn't, couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe no it. No smoking room. It was God amazing. Right. It was three twinks okay. and Peg Bundy. And they all said, let's hit a note together at the same time. And you know what happened? The tonics were born. Magic. Magic is what happened. <laughs> Magic with a K. If you're lucky, you can your career, you get one shot to see something truly great. And I almost got that with the tonics. I came I was very close. I think I think I really, was very close. I feel very I feel I feel not luck privileged. Privilege is too strong a word, but I'm happy I was there. <laughs> it was a nice moment. It wasn't a great it was a nice no, moment. It was a nice moment. It was fine. <laughs> it's one of those oh. moments uh you you're on the toilet ten years later, you go, Oh, remember that? Yeah, yeah that, that was, was it. pretty that was pretty good. Pretty good. And if and you want to see the tonics now, two of them have the late shift at Starbucks. <laughs> the lady, I don't know what she does. The other guy, I'm pretty sure I saw working at a Hot Topic. Oh, but don't uh, I, me. I, I will bet money one of them has a podcast. I, I'll just like in the law of one of numbers. Them. One of them. They all do. <laughs> Let's see. I've got three. How many do you have? <laughs> do you have three? 112. Well? Right. Exactly. So they have to have at least one like at this point. Somebody from the Tonics has a podcast. Brian Lee Green hosts a podcast called Who Are the Tonics? <laughs> he doesn't remember. It's the Mandela effect for the Tonics. There Maybe there's is. an oh, alternate world where they are funny. the Beatles. 
They are, yeah. Well, no, let's not get crazy. They're the Manhattan transfer, as I said before. Like, let's, yeah, let's no, no, you you're know, right. you're right. Let's call it. You're right. You're right. They're they're Mannheim steamroller. They're not like no. you know. <laughs> get out. Get out. <laughs> they're packing them in at the Playhouse oh. in Rodney Square in Wilmington, Delaware. They're 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 really can't can't get enough of that wonderful stuff. Too niche. Uh, <laughs> too specific to my, to to my exact childhood. Okay. Um. Rob, I gotta ask. Uh, this has been so much fun, but I have to ask you: What is your favorite song on this uh, in this evening of songs? Oh my gosh! I What's your uh, uh, oh, I have two answers. If that's okay, that's fine. Um, on uh, oh 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 my god, they're so hard to pick. Okay, from the for, if I, oh boy, this is so hard. I'm going between getting married today and um, losing my mind. Yeah, I'm yeah saying those not, are the two. Okay, yeah. I'm saying not getting married today. Mm-hmm. That's that's yep. it. But you're gonna think I'm cuckoo bananas. When I listen to the album, I mm-hmm. love "Live Alone and Like It." So soon. Oh yeah, that works. It's a good song. Yeah. James Naughton does a great job with oh, it. Oh yeah, mean, it's, it's brilliant know. casting. Yeah, yeah brilliant he's, casting. He's on on his way to star in Chica- in the Chicago yeah. revival. In a couple years. Is that such a crime? Yeah, he's the perfect voice for that. It's a very Billy Flynn type song. Yeah, it's so good. Sung by Mel Torme in the movie. Like it's it's a yes, great, the yeah. Velvet Fog. The Velvet Fog, absolutely. Uh, I really like um, on the recording um, because I I keep forgetting it's there. I like Pretty Lady. I, I like oh! the Perrys and Mark Mark Jacoby. I I forget that that's. I love Pretty Lady. Pretty I mean, lady I think Pretty Ladies. Yeah, pre- yeah. Oh, you uh, know, if you like that, may I make a suggestion? Sure. Um, it's it is Sondheim related. Did you ever listen to the? It's called Sondheim: A Celebration. It was done in Los Angeles in 97, 98. Oh, I don't think so. And it, it, yeah, if folks, if you if you know what I'm talking, why am I like <laughs> it's a TV show? Folks, if you know what I'm folks, talking if about, you know what I'm reach saying, out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh I, I think this woke thing's going too far. Okay. <laughs> uh that's call in. Uh, but not after nine. My wife and I are praying. Uh you're on no, the so, air caller. <laughs> you're on the Larry King. <laughs> right. It should be Larry. Larry King was my favorite. No matter what was going, I oh, got I love him. Right. Tuscaloosa. Hello. Right. Hello. What? Right. Who? <laughs> Who are you talking to, sir? Um, what was I saying? Oh, so in Los Angeles, there was this wonderful, and I think they're still around. There's a there's a group called Stages, and every year for AIDS and AIDS research, they would do these all star concerts. But one of them that they did, which is it was a two CD set because they put them all out on CD, was called Sondheim, a celebration. No, was it called? Yeah, Sondheim, a celebration. Um, and it was uh, uh, they do Pretty Lady on there and it is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Michael oh, okay. Jeter. Michael Jeter does everybody ought to have a maid um, oh, by himself. Okay. He does it as a solo. Um, oh, I do know this album. I know. You this know what cover. I mean? Yeah. 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 Ro- I don't know if Roger. I ever heard it, but I know. Yeah. Roger oh, it's, Reese. it's great. Roger Reese and Jane Carr do uh, Invocation at the beginning. Mm, There's a mm-hmm. lot of good stuff on there. Now, I will be honest with I'm going to OK, I'm going to say that. And I hope nobody gets angry at me. These events were incredibly hit or miss. Like, mm, oh, sometimes, yeah. like the Sondheim one was great. The Jerry Herman one was great. But friends, yeah. Patrick, there is an album. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's called ABC Adler. Bach and Coleman. And oh. it's Richard Adler, Jerry Bach, Sheldon, uh, sorry, Cy Coleman. And th- it's their music. 
Patrick, if you if someone if you really hate someone, make them listen to this. This is punishment. This oh, album, the arrangements are so fucking bizarre. I can't even begin to tell you. I can't even begin to tell you. It is one of the worst mm. albums you'll ever hear in your life. Oh God. Sorry. That's a shame. And what, no. what I what I love it, when you listen to this, Ooh. my friends, is that these three men were the composers of the group. Right. And the music on this is so horribly reorchestrated. Mm. You have to they do uh the song I Love a Cop from Fiorello as yeah, a sure. punk as a punk rock thing. Oh, um man. it's I mean it is it is so so bad so oh, that's bad that's a but shame take a listen to it friends right um Sing oh, it and out I, and rip taylor sings on it does he yeah <laughs> well <Does> he, sing? <laughs> he appears rip, on the recording rip, rip taylor appears and does something we don't know exactly what it is right uh but yeah but he's there it's but he's oh. he's there and that's all that matters so it's adler bach and coleman that okay. one day you should do I think your next podcast should be covering these stages oh, concerts because they were something. There are a lot of them and they all, Ooh. yeah, they, Ooh. they, yeah, there's a ton. There's a super duper ton of these. Yes. Um, but the Sondheim one I was just thinking of because they have a, a wonderful pretty lady on there. Okay. I will absolutely check that out. Yeah. We, I've definitely, I don't know that I've ever listened to it, but I absolutely recognize this cover. Um, as I look. At oh, it, where I'm, he's I'm like, like in a, in a profile and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's a uh, black and white, but sort of car i've seen the photograph too it's him at the piano but like that cartoonized it um but yeah, oh yeah we, we i've definitely seen this recording i've probably heard some tracks off of this oh the, uh, billy um, porter's but, yeah. on it he does um not oh, well. a not a day goes by and, and what can you lose oh there you go Ooh, what can you lose very hit or miss number i think oh yeah depending on who does it uh I, uh rob rob yes do you, this is not a joke do you know who performs the song uh, "More" from Dick Tracy on disc two, track four of this particular recording? Is it Debbie? Debbie Gravin? It's, it's the Tonics. I my mind <laughs> just is blown. Oh my god! Oh, well, I'll be listening to that as soon as we're. I just played it for for all the audience. I I will be absolutely listening to that as soon as we get. <laughs> oh my so god! Funny. Oh my gosh! Oh they, okay. Were... Wow, that's so, um. Hmm. So okay. that th that means two things. We've learned two things from that. One. Uh, they could afford to fly from New York to Los Angeles four years later. Yay! So that's good. <laughs> and then two, that apparently somebody really liked their performance on Sondheim at Celebration at Carnegie Hall because here they are four years later doing it again. So 
Oh my God. I bet you, I bet you anything, Patrick, whoever produced this saw the concert and was like, oh, they're probably somebody. Why else would they be at Carnegie? Why else would they be there? Exactly right. And it's just sort of this imposter thing that's, oh my God. Wow. Okay. Oh okay. yeah, can't, not cannot imposters. wait to listen to not that. Imposters, not, no, not imposters. No, not I mean, hey, they they've sung at Carnegie Hall, which is way more than you or I have done at Carnegie Hall. I've never even actually been to Carnegie Hall. I was only at Carnegie Hall once in my life. <laughs> so look at us. The tonics, yeah, us. the tonics at least have been there and have performed there. Right. So we're just we're just guys with microphones and headphones who have things to say. That's all. Yeah. All right. Well, they that's put in fine. The work. Yeah. They put so. it. They put in the work. They work yeah. together. And really I mean, together. fun fact, the average member of the Tonics has one quarter Tony Award nomination. So that's cool. Wow. The Tony nominated Tonics? Well, almost Tony. No, nominated. almost Tony right. nominated Tonics. Right. Okay. Almost 25% yeah. of them are nominated for Academy. Hey, that's pretty good. 25% of these people are, are Tony are nominated. Tony nominees. Yeah. That's, that's pretty that's good. That actually sounds very impressive when you put it. It does that. sound very impressive. I, I wouldn't yeah. put it on a poster, but it sounds, it's good word of mouth for that. For well, that there's where you and I differ, my friend. <laughs> As the manager of the Tonics. Put it on the poster. <laughs> put it on the... Ruth! Ruth, put it on the poster! On every poster. I, I don't care. Uh. I, <laughs> that's not Bernadette Peters. Who the hell is that? George Hearn. Oh! <laughs> I gotta put my glasses on my head. Right. I really gotta read these casting sheets. I, I th- <laughs> Listen, I thought I didn't need the glasses. I haven't read. I need. I need the glasses. I haven't haven't read a casting sheet since Pajama Game. I swear to God. (laughs) Even then, they put commies in it. Okay, Mr. Prince. (laughs) Damn it, Ruth! (laughs) Where's somebody bring me? (laughs) Somebody bring me Jason Alexander. Bring me Jason. I need Jason, some Brill cream, and a vitamin. Right. I tell you, it's a it's a sequel to a doll's house. It's gonna be great. You're gonna love it, Jason. <laughs> we got the guy from Greece in it. It's gonna be wonderful. Ruth loves it, right? Ruth, wake right, up, Ruth. Where is it? Come on, Ruth. Listen, when you when you hear Ibsen, you think Comden and Green. It's just that simple, right? Right. Made of green. Can we set it in New York, Hal? Uh <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that's a pretty good that was a good adolf scale. green i like that doing? special skill impression i do adolf green off green i do a very good adolf green yeah right. oh and, and and i have a valid driver's license right <laughs> can drive be, can, be, yeah can, can drive can, can drive green. to the adolf green lookalike i can't contest. i can't do adolf green while driving it's a it, no but, but otherwise no. I'm, I'm i'm in good shape but i mean i i, I mean technically i could it's just the state of new york because I cannot Re- requires yes yeah, says it says it Require, requires that yes if you like if you like all this kind of banter folks uh you can hear Rob in lots of other podcasts Rob where can the folks find you in podcast land oh boy uh they can they can find me at the one that I'm doing right now it seems to be the steady one uh it's it's called this was a thing and yes. it's a it's a deep dive into the ha- happenings of yesteryear. Uh, so we we look at big cultural events and uh, uh, either put put them under a microscope or explain how like uh, what happened so many years ago is still with us today. It's much more interesting than I've just made it sound. It's great. I've recommended it before. Uh, if you're you. gonna hop, if you want to hop on, there's been two recently that you should really check out. Reversal of Fortune. Oh, thank you. Uh, a, well, actually, that's not what it's called. It's called it's a, a Sunny Bo- uh, Sunny Bono. Oh, the, the, not Sunny the, Bono. No, no, so, no the Klaus Klaus von Bülow trial. Klaus von Bülow. 
Oh, yeah. uh, it was a great one to listen to. I was very Thanks. interested in that. And um, and as we were joking about Alan Carr, you talk yeah. about Alan Carr, which I found to be, I will be serious, um, incredibly informative. I had no idea how that all had gone down and was really, oh. like, really enjoyed listening to that because I was Thank new you. about Snow White and Rob Lowe singing at the Oscars. Everybody does. But yeah did not know the story behind it and didn't know that actually it wasn't that bad, probably comparatively. Oh, Rob, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. I love your podcast. This is so, so much fun. I always enjoy geeking out with you. So thank you for letting me do it. cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. Please rate and review the original cast on your podcatcher of choice. It's the easiest way to help other listeners find the show. Go to bit.ly slash original cast store for original cast merchandise like t-shirts, tote bags, and more. Become a patron of the original cast at patreon.com slash original cast pod so you can listen to our bonus podcast, the original cast at the movies. On the socials, we're at original cast pod. Special thanks to our social media manager, Bethany Zalecki. Hi, Bethany. My thanks to Rob Schneider for coming and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Go, can't you go? Why is nobody listening? Goodbye, go and cry at another person's wake. If you're quick for a kick, you could pick up a christening. But please, on my knees, there's a human life at stake. Listen, everybody, I'm afraid you didn't hear her. Do you want to see a crazy lady fall apart in front of you? It isn't only Paula, maybe ruining his life. You know, a hold of us, he's losing our identities. I telephoned my analyst about it, and he said to see you Monday, but by Monday, I'll be floating in the Hudson with the other garbage. I'm not well, so I'm not getting married. You can smell that I'm not getting married. Thank you all, but I'm not getting married. Clear the homes, I'm not getting married. And don't tell Paul that I'm not getting married today. I'm going to faint, so if you want to leave me faint, I'll know what happened, but wouldn't it be funnier to
to go and watch a funeral so thank you for the 27 dinner plates 37 butter knives 47 paperweights 57 candle holders I am not getting married Amen. see I'm not getting married Amen. but I'm not getting married Amen. still I'm not getting married Amen. let us pray that we're not getting married Amen.